Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you, Natalie? I'm doing okay. I'm a little worn down, admittedly. We've been having a lot of fun in yes. the past few days. Yes. So I'm not in tip-top shape, but I've, I'm caffeinated. <laughs> I just drank a bunch of iced coffee. Yeah. We've been having, I feel it necessary to say we've been having a lot of outdoor fun. Yes. Because, uh, you know. Responsible, outdoor. Cases are on drinking. the rise again. BA5 is uh, infecting people, reinfecting people left and right. Yeah. It used to be time. like if you have COVID, you're safe for at least a few months. And now. No, yeah. You can get it yeah. right away again. Yeah. So we're being cautious. Never going away this But time. we're still. Having fun outside. Yeah, drink, but and, and you're a little worn down because of it. Drinking too much, having too much fun. But it's <laughs> it's okay, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, how are you? How am I? Um, I don't know. Um, I think I'm a little anxious about the COVID thing because you and I are going to San Diego Comic-Con. Hey, if you're going to be at Comic-Con... Let us know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Go stand around on <laughs> Fifth Avenue and, or is it Fifth Street? It's been so long. I can't remember what the streets are called. Yeah. On, just stand around on Fifth and shout our names and, and, and see yeah. if we, we hear you. Yeah. We'll, we'll be listening. So, um, uh, but anyway, I'm nervous about COVID because we're going to Comic Con. Well, COVID. you're going to Comic Con. I'm going to San Diego. Right. That's true. You're not going into the convention. Center, no. Which is probably a good way to not get COVID. Right. But I'm going to get it from you when you get it. It's a super hey, spreader I'm, event. Uh, yes, but I'm KN95-ing up. Yeah. I'm not uh, going to... I, I'm thinking even, like, eating and drinking, I'll probably... Go outside. I don't think... Yeah, because I don't think I'm going to go into Hall H at all. I think I'm, so I'm going to be sticking to upstairs for panels. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, so I'll probably be eating because they're in. It's been a while since you've actually been to the convention center, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but upstairs, there's like the two halves, and it's joined by like the sales pavilion, which is technically like kind of. Oh, like an out. It's kind of outdoors. It's like okay. tented, but it's okay. like maybe at least a little bit more safe to, to eat there if I'm going to eat. I think they should bring all the food stalls like outside or, like you said, to that pavilion. They shouldn't yeah. do the carts inside. Yeah, but. But That's it's a business. Where the money and is, yeah. Um, and of course, there's the big concession in the on the show floor too, like the exhibit hall floor, which. Ugh, that's a nightmare. That's going to be like, to it me, was, that's going to be more of the super spreader than the panel rooms because panel rooms, I think, kind of like a like, not that movie theaters are like safe, but the idea is that people aren't like talking to one another. They're all facing the same direction, aren't really talking to one another. Right. In the on the panel floor, everyone's going every which way, shouting, yeah. and like that's the the not the panel floor, the exhibit hall floor is where I think the super spreader is yes. going to really be. The exhibit hall, like even like pre-COVID, was like so anxiety-inducing just because so many people packed so tightly. Yeah. It was already like just a literal clusterfuck. Yeah, and Literally. now yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine. I don't want to go. Yeah, well. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so I. Oh, but yeah, I'm if you're going, let us know. But yeah, yeah, come find us. <laughs> come and find us. Get COVID from us. Have we? 
Um, have we received any comments or So notes? we did. Uh, I was going to save this for later. Oh. Because I said that our, you know, right now at the end of each recap of each each show, we do like, what are the recurring themes, running jokes, right. motifs, like foreshadowing. I was trying to think of a single thing to 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 describe all of that. Yes, yes. And I didn't, so Jenny um, uh, said, she suggested, and I've lost the actual treat, but it would, treat? The, uh, the, the tweet, but she said something like... Um, it's a treat, Jenny. Thank yeah. you. She said, could these themes be any more recurring? <laughs> Which is like... That's good. I like the idea of referencing could yeah. this be, but also that this doesn't really accomplish what we're saying because she's talking about themes here and we're talking trying to like think of one term for everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, like, I feel like... Uh, I don't know. We'll have to keep looking. I mean, I, I suggested last week something about, like, under the yellow umbrella, you know, which, but that that works for Harmony and your mother, but it doesn't really work. It would be weird yeah. to, like, pull, you know, a How I Met Your Mother reference into Friends. Is there a Friends umbrella that I'm... I mean... I was trying to think. There is an umbrella in the beginning, um, in the fountain. Don't Isn't there, like... Is there? I think there's an umbrella. Oh, oh, hold on. Um, let's see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can. Do you want to watch the up? opening credits? Yeah, let's do that. That's good. Good podcast. Good podcasting. Yeah, but first you have to listen to five seconds of an ad for. Uh, you know what? I skipped it before I know what it is. Okay. Okay. This is the season one credits. Okay. I let's see. see there's an umbrella. If there's an umbrella. Uh, are you thinking of the lampshade? Maybe I'm thinking of the lampshade. I think someone's under the fountain with an umbrella. Yep. Oh my gosh. See? See? Okay. So that's so yellow umbrellas. Let's just say umbrellas. Okay. Let's just call that this that section. Okay. Under the umbrella. Okay. Like what's under the umbrella in this episode, and that'll be anything that's recurring or okay. foreshadowing. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, Jenny. Yeah, thank you. You, you helped us get there. Yeah, yeah. Under uh, the umbrella and dreaming is what <laughs> this will be called from here on out. Um, let's just jump into Friends. We're, on this show, we're going to talk about Friends, season three, episode eleven, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister. Wait, is that what it is? Which sister? The one where Chandler can't remember which sister. Yeah. Yes, and then. Season three, episode eleven, of How I Met Your Mother is called the Platinum Rule. Right. So we're going to start with season three, episode eleven, of Friends, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister. Uh, Non-perk opening. We're in Monica and Rachel's apartment. Joey has taken up magic. He's showing a magic trick, yeah. uh, which he's hilariously bad at. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> we just full on see him look at the card. Yeah. It's it's very funny. Joey will have more uh, card games in the future. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, as a, now, now that I'm like a regular viewer of Friends, when it came to the the premise introduced here, I was like, uh, oh, the tables have turned. Now the Friends are Mr. Heckles. Mr. Yes. Heckles, yes. Who, who used to live below them and yes. passed away, was mad about them being too loud all the time. They now the they ones. have an upsta- upstairs yeah. neighbor who's too loud. Yeah. But every time they go up to yell at him, he charms them. And yeah. In one case, literally charms the pants off. <laughs> yeah. 
um, event. We'll get to that. That's foreshadowing. Um, uh, but then Chandler shows up, um, and he's very sad uh, because he happened to see Janice and her husband roller skating, ice skating. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it is January. Yeah, so it like um, so they're ice skating like at Rockefeller or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been to New York in the winter. I don't know whatever. Yeah. But whatever. And he, uh, he threw a pretzel at them. Which he is funny. whips a pretzel at them. Not his pretzel. He takes a pretzel from, from a kid. From a kid. Yeah. We we don't see this. This is all yeah. we hear. But he's so he's he's sad. Um, Rachel's also kind of sad because this job in the fashion industry is not turning out to be what she wanted. She's basically just. A PA, you know, yeah. um, she's she's making coffee. Um, Shelly Berman is still her her boss, Mister Kaplan. Yeah, um, uh, but she's doing me. menial tasks around yeah. the office, like yeah. making coffee. Yes, and then another one which will come, come to up, later. Come yeah, <laughs> um, but then she goes to uh, to complain to Monaco, who we we are reminded is still working at the Moon, themed diner, uh, Moon Dance Diner, Moon Dance Diner, the diner from TikTok, Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Um, and so Monica's like, kind of like, how dare you complain about your job? (laughs) Like, um, and, uh, uh, but there's a fella at the bar who overhears Rachel, uh, complaining about her job and starts laughing and, and Rachel's like offended at first. Like, why don't you mind your own business, buddy? Or yeah. whatever yeah uh but it turns out he works at bloomingdale's and and can relate to her early struggles in the fashion industry and can actually get her an interview yeah, because he used to work at mannequins plus right similarly on the outskirts of the fashion industry yeah yeah um i forgot to mention that uh joey's having a birthday party they mentioned that, that they tell chandler that yeah. like he'll cheer up at the party and Chandler's like oh you don't have to throw me a party which if you were Joey's best friend wouldn't you know not only of your friend's birthday but also that you're throwing a party at your apartment yeah I guess he's just so wrapped in his up in his head about this Janice thing I guess but wouldn't the party planning have started before he saw Janice yeah probably he just forgot look he's got he's going through a lot he's got a lot on his mind all right um that's what Syl says about Tony. Uh, Tony yells at uh, Christopher for uh, oh, boosting uh, watches, I think, uh, like from a FedEx truck. And okay. He's like, that's interstate commerce. You want to go away for eight years for something like that? And he runs away. And uh, Chris, says, Chris says, like, what's the matter with his ass? And Syl says, he's got a lot on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I may have watched The Sopranos too many times yeah. at this point. Um, all right. Uh, but so we get to Joey's party, and Chandler is wasted. This yeah. is how he is coping yeah. by doing all of the jello shots. Yeah. Um, which, when was the last time you had a jello shot? I can tell you the last time I had a jello shot. Um, I think it was at my friend Tanya's house, and we made vegan jello shots. I don't remember that. Yeah. Was I there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, th- what I remember was over 11 years ago. Or no, maybe it was 10 years ago. Yeah, it was. January of 2012. You and I both did, like, the whole 30. We did that thing oh, of, God, like, yeah. right after the holidays, right? Yeah. 
and uh, so like for all of January, we like ate essentially fruits, keto, and and, yeah. and then also Almonds. didn't drink. I didn't drink for a month. Yeah, and like the first Friday in February. My coworker's band was playing at the park in, in Burbank. We went to see the, we went to see her band a couple times, you know, that, yes. that bar of the park. Yes. And my coworker who's in the band, like, had a couple drink tickets and like didn't drink and was like, Why don't you take my drink tickets? And they had like jello shots for the band. And I like did two jello shots after not having drank for a month. And I like I realized like, oh my constitute like I'm normally I have a pretty high tolerance for alcohol yes, but do. i remember like because i already had a beer and then i did like two jello shots after not having drank for 30 days and i was like oh man yeah <laughs> that'll do it uh so yeah i i've been in chandler's shoes getting drunk on jello shots yeah um uh gunther is at the party and gunther i think maybe doesn't drink because i see him he just grabs the club soda and pours it in the cup we don't unless he was like Maybe he already had a cocktail yeah. and he was watering it down. Maybe. Or maybe but, he's a teetotaler. Yeah, good for him. But I like how they keep having Gunther around. Yeah. And they keep like even writing little lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, also at the party, everything's happening at the party. Uh, this is where Ross finds out about the fella from the diner. Mark. Mark. And Ross... Uh, yeah, his behavior is yeah. so... Toxic. All right, but also just so pathetic. Yeah. He's 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 immediately jealous and immediately saying, like, this guy is only doing this because he... Wants to sleep with you. Which is, like, wants. insulting to her. Yes. But also, like, I mean, I don't want to get into, like, because we're going to get into... Eventually, Monica is going to say everything that needs to be said to yeah. Ross, the things that I was saying, yeah. which is basically, like, je- like, there's no point in this kind of preemptive jealousy because, like, if Rachel is going to, like blow up your relationship with this guy then that's gonna happen it's like you you whining and and trying right. to to head it off at the past is only gonna make it more likely right or just the fact that like maybe he does want to sleep with her but like you need to respect your girlfriend enough and to know that her. she's yeah 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 um, trust her and then if you don't trust her then why are you in this relationship yeah yeah what's the point uh so then after a transition, we transition from the party to the morning after the party via a shot of the World Trade Center towers. Yeah. Um, and then we, we've got a classic trademark Friends bagel spread. Yes. Everyone's at Monica props and Rachel's. Props to the props department. With, yeah, Always and, a good bagel spread. Uh, um, yeah. So They also have pizza. Um, and I don't know if that was a local chain. Yeah, I, I already forgot what it was called. Ray something? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't remember. You're right. I should have written that, written that down. Um and and Chandler is horribly hungover the, the morning after the after the party so much so that he came over he came across the hall in his in his boxers mm-hmm. um uh and then we find out that he I don't know I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be a joke or not about I think about like trying to make out with everyone no Oh. No, that was later. That's like that was very. It was um, very yeah. Uh, un- unsettling. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I think I can't remember if it's. I think it's Rachel, um, who says, you know, what happened to you. You disappeared after we opened the presents, and like the idea, and this happens on TV shows sometimes where like 
someone Joey's age, yeah, maybe maybe you bring something to the party for them. Yes. But the idea of having like, okay, guys, but now I'm is the time presents. we're like, going to watch. That's the- what a three-year-old does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, yeah, last time we like, like maybe if someone's having a birthday party, you and I might bring a bottle of wine and like hand it to them, happy birthday. But yeah. we're not like setting it on the table Can with you all open the presents. It now? Are you gonna and open then the Oh, that one's mine. That yeah. one's mine. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. Over the age of like fourteen, right? Yeah. So it was weird that they opened presents. Yeah. At Joey's party. But the joke was that Chandler opened them. Oh. Yeah. See, I, that's what I missed. Yeah. So Chandler opened Joey's Chandler birthday opened presents. <laughs> that's funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, see, I went off on this whole rant and I missed. But the, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I missed the point of the joke, which yeah. is, which was funny. Um, but it turns out that Chandler spent the night in the storage closet mm-hmm. with one of Joey's seven sisters. Yeah. His sisters all showed up at the party, and. Chandler fooled around is all we hear. Yeah. With one of them, and he doesn't remember which one. Yeah. Um, and then he's uh scared that Joey's gonna beat the shit out of him, but Joey is like over the moon. Yeah. He loves the idea of Chandler dating his, his one of his sisters. Um, it turns out it's Mary Angela. Yeah. Which doesn't help Chandler. Right. <laughs> he he still doesn't know who that yeah. is. Um meanwhile, uh Phoebe is now like dating the guy upstairs because yeah. she tried to like get him to 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 quiet down. He charm, charmed her, and this is the scene where he charms the pants off her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica and Rachel are, are home, and they hear the date. You know, they hear things get hot and heavy. Yeah, and and they book it out of there and go for a walk. Uh, Rachel leaves her unopened Snapple on the counter. That's that's how much of a rush she's in. Yeah. And she gets a Snapple out of the fridge and then doesn't even open it, leaves it on the counter and, yeah. and takes off. This reminded me of a story, though, that I... My ex-girlfriend and I used to, like, her friend... I guess our friend, but really her friend first, um, had to, like, move out of her place because, like, her landlord was awful and there were cockroaches all over the place. Mm. And we were like... Hey, there's actually an empty apartment above us. You know, why don't you try and move in our building? And uh, she did. She lived right above us for 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 years, um, which was mostly like fun and convenient. Uh, we'll talk about this again when we get to the how many other thing. But there also were times when uh, we could hear her bed squeaking. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, um, and we. Uh, told her like thinking it was funny and she did not think it was funny she was like truly embarrassed yeah that's embarrassing yeah um but i don't know why i mean it's not like we heard anything like but still it makes sorry it makes people feel i guess self-conscious self-conscious yeah yeah so um but i've been in this situation i guess uh okay so chandler needs to um find a way to break things off with Mary Angela, who he doesn't even know who that is. Yeah. So he's he, like, he has, he's have, having Ross help him like write, a, compose a letter. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Um, he, I mean, couldn't he have just, they could have solved it by like calling and saying, can I speak with Mary Angela and then like do it over the phone? Yeah. But that's still, it still raises the question of that. Ross says like, Joey's gonna kick your ass if you break up with his sister over 
a letter or over the phone, I think would probably be the same, the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chandler decides to just go ahead and go over to Joey's family's house. So we see Joey's, I guess it's his grandma's house, but like all the sisters live there. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but he's going over for a family dinner or whatever. Um, and it's just Joey and Chandler and grandma and the seven sisters sitting around a table. It looks like a really fun time. I really want to be invited to that dinner. Yeah. Um, they're eating tiramisu, but I always, yeah. Um, I always love when we get to a new, whenever we're watching a sitcom and you see a new location that is like, it's new to us, but it's not new to the characters. Like, I feel like this was a further developing of Joey as a character that Mm -hmm. we actually saw his grandma's house, you know, um, you you know, sort of like in, was it season two of How I Met Your Mother when we finally saw the inside of Barney's uh, uh, apartment mm-hmm. when when Lily was staying with him, yeah, um, like that was a that's a new level. I I, I just always love that kind of stuff, yeah. like seeing a the new detail, yeah. a new sacred space. Yes, and props to the props department. The um uh, the apartment was like super tacky. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, this is like an Italian grandma. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Rachel finds out that she got the interview, um, and. Th- uh, She's over the moon about it, and Ross is still can't be a supportive yeah. He's boyfriend. He's trying to sabotage her career. Yeah, exactly. And this is where Monica just unloads on him. Yeah. Like once Rachel like leaves, Monica says everything you and I What's just wrong said. With you? Like yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and she tells him to grow up, which yeah. is a great uh, way to say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Chandler. It turns out that. Joey's other sister, Mary Therese, yeah, is also into Chandler mm-hmm. and tries to seduce him. Mm-hmm. And Chandler thinks, "Oh, this must be Mary Angela," yeah, and calls Mary Angela. And then Mary Angela hears that, and so it's basically the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, everyone now knows that Chandler has no idea which sister he fooled around with. Yeah, in the in the closet, um, and Joey uh, is uh, wants to punch him. And um, Chandler kind of talks him out of it. And then Joey says, okay, but you have to apologize to Mary Angela. Yeah. And this is where I lose. I was, I'm already, like, not happy with Chandler. I'm generally not happy with anyone. Like, you talked about, you kind of breached, broached the subject of, like, Chandler shoving his tongue down people's throats. Yeah. Which he apparently did to, like, three of the friends. Um, yeah. And, and Ross, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Monica, Rachel, and Ross. Yeah. Um, and they're all like, that's all right. And then, like, his excuse when he's talking to Joey is, I was super drunk. I would never soberly hurt you and your family. And I feel like, uh, I don't know, you and I were just talking earlier a couple of times. <laughs> People are going to think we're alcoholics because we were talking about Maybe. partying all weekend. And then I was talking about, like, getting drunk on jello shots. But um, we're both drinkers. And I've never been comfortable with saying, like, I'm sorry I did that. I was drunk. Like, using I was drunk as an excuse. Right. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't make you a different person. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've never done anything that we would be that ashamed of. (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, I mean, certainly not anything that you 
or like have to I, apologize. For yeah, it. like yeah. I wouldn't do that if I were sober. You know, it's just like we, you know, not to make it about social issues, but like Mel Gibson is the example of like he has this tirade of 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 uh, like saying awful anti-Semitic things when yeah. he gets pulled over, yeah. and then he's like, "I'm gonna go to rehab." Like, oh, you weren't an anti-Semite and then you got drunk and became an anti-Semite right. and then like no that's not how or it you happened you wouldn't call someone sugar tits if <laughs> you weren't drunk I shouldn't laugh at sugar tits it's still funny to me though it's very funny <laughs> it's funnier than the anti-Semitism I think yeah I think that's safe to say <laughs> yeah yeah um uh so yeah I'm not I'm kind of annoyed with Chandler in this episode um I'm annoyed I'm with al- Ross too but I'm also annoyed because of the second time, him still not being able to pick out who Mary Angela is. At this yeah. point, we all know. We all know. I, I could I could have told you at that yeah. point when Joey says you have to apologize to Mary Angela. I could have told you which one she was. Yeah. She was wearing like the sweater dress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Uh, so so no excuse for Chandler uh, there. Um, it is fun to see all the sisters together in like similar yes. colored red shirts yeah. and their like big hair. Um, but it's very effective when you see them all together. And um, Joey doesn't punch Chandler uh, when Chandler can't tell who Mary Angela is, but his sister Connie, right? Mm-hmm. Connie does? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think how many names we yeah. actually know. Obviously, know Mary Angela and Mary Therese and Connie. Yeah. But then... Um, oh, then... <laughs> well, Chandler says Veronica, but he that's... Turns out he's talking about Monica, so I don't think there is a Veronica. Yeah. He thought that he shoved his tongue down the throat of a woman named Veronica, but it turned out it was Monica. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe these two are ever going to get together. Um, yeah. So at the end, uh, Ross... I don't know. Later on in the episode, they were like pretty cuddly on that like single-person chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um... um Ross finally gets it through his head and goes to, or does he? Like, does he go to the interview to be supportive mm-hmm. or to, like, keep an eye on her? Yeah. Um, I'd like to think it's the first. I think we're supposed to think it's the first, but it's hard to hard to forgive. Um, yeah. But then when Rachel, uh, so Rachel comes out to the interview, he's waiting, he gives her a rose. It's nice. Then Mark follows out and it's like, she loved you, you got the job, like, on the spot. And Rachel hugs Mark yeah. instead of Ross. Um which I admit, if I were in Ross's shoes, I would be kind of like bummed. <laughs> that would make me kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, but Mark's the one who like made it so. So I I understand. Yeah. And it wasn't a rose; it was like um, a daisy. Okay. Or like a what is it? I don't know from flowers. Okay. Chrysanthemum. chrysanthemum? Jinx. <laughs> um, no, it's not a chrysanthemum. C h r y s a n t h e m u m. My dad made me like. I was, I was like a spelling I went I won the school spelling bee when I was in fifth grade went on to like the local like the citywide spelling bee and did, did not win that but that I remember I remember practicing on chrysanthemum okay oh I was gonna say it's a mum but a mum is also a chrysanthemum oh cute uh, alright so do we have uh, oh wait and then there's another um, there's another uh, there's a tag at the end where Phoebe like Likes the guy upstairs, but then, like, realizes that everyone could hear yeah. them. But then they hear him 
with somebody else yeah. and Phoebe's all mad but also like I mean these are New Yorkers in their late 20s like you're not in high school did you really think you were exclusive after exclusive. one day yeah. like you have to have that talk right this isn't high school where you're like okay we're going out now you like, can't date any we're, yeah 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 like it's not like he gave her his uh, fraternity pin or whatever the like yeah. old timey fucking Riverdale shit is. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah. Letterman jacket. Yeah, exactly. At that age, you know, you're adults. Yeah. Like, you can still like him and maybe work towards yeah. a relationship, but you're not going steady after one date. Exactly. So yeah, the, I guess they like go up and threaten violence this was a very violent episode <laughs> but uh yeah the, the the boys go up and uh but then they we hear that they're charmed by him too. yeah um i did this is not a segment but we should like we all we often like um talk about similarities to seinfeld yeah and i got a very um i had a pony vibe from joey's grandma <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it yeah uh, yeah i totally I had a pony. Um, any other stray observations before we move on to funniest moments? Uh, no. Okay, the biggest laugh for me, uh, Matt LeBlanc's great in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if Matt LeBlanc is the best overall actor on the show, but when he's in the groove in terms of line delivery, yeah. he's one of the funniest. Yes. And so... Um, uh, Chandler is like freaking out about like what's Joey gonna do when he finds out that I fooled around with his with his sister, and then just Joey walks in and says, "Can I talk to you for a second? And it's it's yeah. just all in the delivery, but it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, my favorite moment was um, I don't like Chandler like being drunk, but when he's feeding a Jello shot to the dog sculpture, <laughs> that got me. Yeah, got me good. Really pretty funny um my other one is uh uh shelly berman mr kaplan whatever is going to give rachel a more fashion specific task to do at work yeah and he opens up the closet and he says i need these hangers separated asap and it's just a mess of wire hangers like like, floor to ceiling yeah like comically like they were all just like wire hangers and a giant yeah ball it reminds me of do you remember this isn't in Best in Show. It's one of the Best in Show deleted Outta- scenes on yes. the on the DVD. The volleyballs? Beach balls. The beach balls. So yeah. he's like, Christopher Guest's character is like showing his, uh, this 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 house, or this shack was uh, built by my great-great-grandfather when he homesteaded this land, blah, 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 blah. And then he opens the door and the shack is just filled, floor to ceiling, wall to wall with beach balls. And he says, and this is my beach ball collection. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my other funny one was Joey um, singing, You and my sister sitting in a tree. Um, should we move on to Friends But Make It Fashion? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could do a whole segment of just the stuff that Rachel wears in this episode. She looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Opening scene, she's got... It's very 90s, but in a way that I think... Well, like we keep saying, a lot of the 90s stuff like looks cool again now. Yeah. But she's got that, like... Yellow, like, sweater, and then a gray sh- short shirt and a black jacket and black boots. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. Like color blocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I liked um, Rachel's, um, like, work. It was like a black 
like suit dress, like with argyle. Oh, straight. You're talking about the one with the fur collar or faux fur collar? No, oh, okay. not the interview look. The oh. one where she's with uh, Mr. Kaplan. Okay. So it's all black, okay. but like a, a vest, like a suit vest and a skirt. Or maybe it's one piece made to look like separates. Okay. And it has like two argyle white uh, wow. like diamonds down the... That sounds cool. Side. I yeah. don't remember it. Yeah. Um, next Rachel look... Um, is her what she wears to Joey's party? Um, it's just like a gray turtleneck, yeah. And then she has like what would you call the fabric on those like shiny, like brownish, bronzish colored pants? They're almost, I don't know what they are, mm. they're like velour or something. Corduroy? They I, they're not corduroy, of, okay, but they are something like that a very like tactile fabric, like like velour or something. But okay. uh, it looked great, but also, did you notice? So she's got gray top, brownish pants, and Ross yes. is wearing... Yes, the, He has, like, a, a shirt the color of her pants. I and did pants notice the that. Color when they're hugging, top. you see the contrast. Yeah. yeah I did notice <laughs> that. Um, in the first scene, Chandler has, like, a bright orange tie. Okay. Like a very wide, yeah. strange pattern orange tie. I really like Chandler's ties. Okay. Um, but I do actually, in fact, I'll go to a Chandler one next. In that same scene, he is wearing, speaking of 90s, a really oversized overcoat. Okay. And I've said before that, like, um, if you look at, like, GQ, you know, from this, from the 90s, you see a lot of very full cuts in, okay. in, in menswear. And I think Chandler really embodies that i'm looking i'm not looking forward to <coughs> friends getting into the millennium men's wear look where you often have the sh- the shirt and tie are the same color i hate that okay can you picture like yes i can like the oscars in the year 2000 or whatever it's like i guess yeah it's like a dark, like a dark suit usually with them like a tie that a a shirt and tie that the are the exact same shade. Like clearly meant as a set. I hate it. Yeah. Um, uh, you got, I have more fashion. Do you? Nope. Okay. The only, uh, so the last, um, Rachel look I had when she decides to take action and go ahead and call Mark herself and find out about the interview. She's, uh, wearing an orange V neck sweater over a very bright plaid skirt. Yes. Also looked great. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if this, I don't know where to put this because it's not fashion, but I never know. I don't know if this is new or I never noticed before. But there's uh, over the back of Monica and Rachel's couch, the not the one that faces the audience, the one that is, has its back to the door. Mm-hmm. There's a very cool blanket. Almost it almost mm-hmm. had the look of like an old like Persian rug type of hmm. like a pattern okay. with tassels. It was a very cool cool looking blanket. I put it under fashion. I don't know. It's props to the props department. <laughs> but that wouldn't be a prop because they don't interact with it. It would be set dressing, right? Oh, okay. I don't know. We should we should ask your friend Carrie. Yeah. She would know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of props to the props, we already mentioned the bagel spread, but the tiramisu looked really good. It was actually like okay. someone made like an actual big, huge thing of tiramisu. So um, we I get to say it. What's under the umbrella in episode? In season three, episode eleven of, um, of of Friends. Okay, so uh, Ross like being a scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> being a bad partner. Um, Joey's sisters is a big one, right? Joey's sisters, yeah. 
Because um, I'm, I'm trying to think, have we met any of them before? Or we've only heard tell of them? We've I, only heard tell of them. Okay, I could I thought we'd met one at some point, but I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Okay, what else you got under there? I don't have... That's much. all I have under the umbrella. Okay, me too. Well, then uh, should we take a quick break then? Yes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, we're back and it is time to talk about season three, episode 11 of How I Met Your Mother, which is called The Platinum Rule. Natalie, take it away. Okay, so we start with a uh, a lesson to Ted's kids. It's about um, the consequences of bad decisions. Um, so we get like a little recap to where um, Ted got a tramp stamp of a butterfly on his lower back. And that was when he had the wild night with. Um... Oh, who was the singer? Oh, um, Mandy was it Mandy Moore? Moore? Yeah, Mandy yeah, it was Moore. Mandy Moore. Um, so he has an appointment for a tattoo removal and, um, he, her name is Stella, right? We never meet her, but he's, um, alluding to like being interested in her and going on a date with her. And then we get the whole point of the episode, which is the platinum rule, which is like, you don't shit where you eat. Like you don't love thy neighbor, (laughs) Yeah, because Barney thinks love that neighbor is the golden rule. Which yeah, is not. which is not. Um, <clears throat> so then we get um, like everyone talking about their experience when they violated the platinum rule. Yeah. And of course, um, Barney has a whole set of rules. So he has eight. So there's, a, there's eight stages, of eight the stages rule. of the yeah. platinum rule. I will go over them now and then we'll discuss them. In greater detail. Can I say something first? Yeah. That has nothing to do with the show. I just want to get your opinion. Yeah. Do you feel like, as we've come to, like, understand things like privilege, intersectionality, and, like, the idea that other people's, that our experience is not necessarily the default experience, Mm -hmm. and and we should try and see things through other people's eyes. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the golden rule doesn't, make as much sense like do unto others as you would have them do unto you is not it's i think do unto others as they say they want to be done unto do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah that's more appropriate yeah because like because from my position you know where i am positioned in the world both based on my various identities and my interests and my you know, economic status, or whatever, the way I might want to be treated might not be the way that someone else wants to be treated. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So You're I feel like the golden rule is, is very, yeah. yeah, the golden rule encourages you to only view the world through your own yeah. framework. And that's, and I think we've increasingly, those of us with privilege have increasingly, hopefully learned that that's n- not the right way. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's yeah. just a thought I have. Whenever, whenever the golden rule comes up, I think about that. Yeah, and that's like a <laughs> like a concept in my line of work is to like meet the client where they are, you know, to yeah. the best of your ability. And I think that is true in every sense, you know, yeah. like try to meet people where they are and don't assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm trying to come up with a better way to say that, but, um, yeah, but I, like don't project your project, yeah. needs or desires onto other people and assume that that's yeah. what they want as well. I think that's what yeah, we're I think both that's, saying. That's okay. what we're saying. Yeah. Um, so the rules are okay. Attraction, bargaining. Oh, these are the stages. Stages. Sorry. Attraction, bargaining. attraction, bargaining, submission, perks, tipping point, perg, Wait for it, a Tory. Uh-huh. Uh, confrontation and fallout. So we get three examples of these stages in the three, I guess, storylines. So yeah, this is another very complex. Yes, I, I'm episode. not gonna. I'm not gonna try yeah, to go no. uh, chronological Please, because it yeah. jumps around like crazy. <laughs> but Lillian Marshall have the issue with their neighbors, who are uh, new neighbors, Christian Shawl, and I don't know who the guy was yeah i could look it up but yeah Kristen shawl um so they have um they're excited to have neighbors who they can have brunch with and play charades with and have dinner parties with and that backfires in these they go through all these stages as well um similarly uh robin starts dating her um co-anchor who's like the sports the sports guy kurt yeah he's probably hayes MacArthur, who's like He's just been in a lot of stuff. The sports guy or the... The sports guy. Okay. He's, he's played by Hayes MacArthur, who's been in a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, John Sloan plays Michael. It's Michael and Laura are the new neighbors, and, and the actor's name is John Sloan. Okay. What is he in? You could look it up. Um, and then the third is um, Barney um, hooking up with uh, Wendy, the bartender. At McLaren's. Wendy the waitress, as they, they call her. Wendy um, the waitress at McLaren's, yeah. Uh, yeah, which I like the the continuity there, because Wendy is not a new character. You know what I mean? Yes. We've seen Wendy before. Yeah. Is she the same waitress that Marshall hit in the eye with the champagne cork? Oh, I think it, yeah, I think Maybe so. I think I so. Remember. So, yeah, he, um, uh, so, yeah, with, with Marshall and Lily, they're so excited. They play charades all the time, and then... Um, it gets to a point where they have to like dodge them and then they have to make sure the coast is clear through the peephole when they leave because they're, these friends are like too overbearing. Yeah, they're always there. Which I've always said this to you. Like I kind of wish that we had neighbors like this. Like I'm very much thinking like from a Marshall Lily perspective, like how fun would it be to just like go over at the end of the day and have a glass of wine or have game night yeah. or have brunch, you know, like, I think that's fun, but you're kind of like, let's keep a safe distance. Yeah. I mean, it has something to do with my antisocial uh, yeah. tendencies, but also because I've had this situation, as I mentioned, my first apartment right, here, right. my ex-girlfriend's friend lived right above us. But <clears throat> then I also had that same, when that same girlfriend and I lived in Chicago together, um, we lived uh, it was a very tall apartment building, and we were the second to last uh, door in one hallway. Let's say the sixth floor, I think. Oh, I can't remember now. It's been a long time. Um, 
so on the corner, the inner corner was the stairwell, and then our friends, including our friend Mary, that you mm-hmm. now know, lived upstairs and over one. So it wasn't directly above, but it was just up the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually was a lot of fun. Yeah. But that's because we were like, you know, fucking 21, 22, yeah. and like we were always just hanging out in each other's uh, uh, apartments. And, yeah. and we would literally, I think at one time we did have like a party, like we both had a party, like at the same time. Yeah. So you can <laughs> um, go back and forth. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure the building didn't like that. But um, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I also once, uh, and I've never told this to anyone, even the people I lived with <laughs> in the building at the time, I broke the front door of that building mm-hmm. by accident because I was like in a rush to get to work and I had my hands full and I tried to open the front, which was a glass door, mm-hmm. with my foot and like cook, kicked the bottom of the door and it went and like splintered like all the way up the door and like I looked around and no one saw me and I just went to work and I never said anything. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> this was almost 20 years ago. Hopefully the statue, hopefully they've, they've replaced the door. I know they have. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've always kind of wanted that experience. But um, yeah, if I've learned anything from Seinfeld or any any show about, you know, neighbors with no boundaries... I should maybe, but I, yeah, I feel like yeah. we're we're new in this neighborhood, but we don't have a lot of friends. Like we rarely even see a neighbor. When we do, we're friendly. We say hi. Oh, you mean the place we moved? Yes, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah but we don't have like friend friends. And I would, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun. Well, but it's anyway. also like I mean, our neighbors are very like families. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I are a family in that we're a married couple, but mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have kids, and it, and it feels like there's a lot of people with kids. Yeah. In our, which is not a complaint. But our neighbors do party. Like they, you know, we should invite us over. They should invite us over. I know. Or we should invite them over. We had a gathering. And we learned from our old, from our former home that when, like, we were friendly with a neighbor. And when we left, we had, like, a very sad moment where he said, I wish we would have had you over. You know, like, it was, it was kind of like a sad farewell. Yeah. And like he said, he wished that we spent more time with him. Very sad. Oh, I'm getting sad just thinking about sorry. it. Sorry. Um, but anyway, um, so Robin's story <laughs> is um, she and Kurt, they go to a, uh, a hockey game. They start making out at the game. And then he's a little too invested in their relationship. She also gets to meet Mason Raymond, <laughs> who is right. an actual hockey. The joke is that no one but her... Like, yeah, because he knows, plays for the Canucks. Um, no one else is impressed. That is who he played for at the time. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Mason Raymond has, is no longer in the NHL, but he played uh, for the Canucks, the Maple Leafs, the Flames, and the Ducks. So only one, only one USA team, and it was here in SoCal. Yeah. But um, I thought it was funny that she name dropped a not su- not super well known yeah. <laughs> NHL player, but also I, um, I don't entirely buy that Marshall is not at least something of a hockey fan. Um, you know, being yeah. from Minnesota. Anyway, I feel like it'll come up. Winter sports will come up again later. Um, uh, what was the game that um, Marshall and his, his brothers and dad played? Oh, I forgot. It wasn't, I keep wanting to say basketball. But that was the TV, or the, that movie. Was the movie. Yeah, but it was something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so Barney's story is he and Wendy uh, like fool around behind the bar. <laughs> I guess do they have sex? Yeah, I think okay. they have sex. Okay. I always love when people do this in movies, like when they had like sex out of sight on the floor, and then they have to like physically pull themselves. Like they yeah. don't just stand up. Yeah. Like Wendy is like crawling her like, way up like, the bar. <laughs> yeah, like Indiana Jones at the end of the Last Crusade, like yeah. climbing up the cliff, like yeah. <laughs> pulling herself up the bar. Um, yeah, there was a joke about club soda really does get all the stains out. Yeah. I like that joke. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then there's like a theme of them all telling like the story, like it's fine, but it wasn't like, so they've all learned from this, um, these, these stages. Um, but yeah, it was an effective way to tell the story. Um, and then, okay, so for the fallout, Barney thinks that he's going to be poisoned by Wendy. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps pouring drinks out on the bar floor, which yeah. is like, they're already mad at him that they, he's going to fuck up their bar for them. An- another good way to get kicked out of a bar he's is to repeatedly throwing... pour drinks on the ground. Yeah, and it's wasteful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like that Ted, like calls out Barney on his stupid rules and his stupid names for, you know, all the stupid rules. I yeah, guess that's some, under the umbrella. Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. There's some some callbacks there. Um and then so this whole time like Ted's getting ready for this date with Stella and I guess he thinks it's a date, but it's not a date because um the American Medical Association also has a rule that's very much <laughs> yeah. not bullshit. Yeah. Like you can't date your patients. Um, and then there is an agreed upon ninth rule, which is coexistence. So, um, Mm -hmm. we learn that Barney can coexist with Wendy, even though he still never really trusts her to not poison him because he never really got a fallout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, and then, you know, the neighbors, Laura and Michael, they're like, um, they have a run in and just end up like having some people over for charades and Marshall and Lily are just happy for him. Uh, Robin is able to proceed with her job and like, you know, being on air with her co-host mm-hmm. amicably. So it works out. Yep. Um, did I miss anything? Anything uh, to add? No, the only thing I had to add is I don't think Barney, um, understands what the concept of purgatory is. Like the way he describes it, he talks about it being like eternity. But the whole like point of purgatory is that it's not eternal. Is that like, it's the idea that like, if you were not good enough to get into heaven, but not bad enough to be banished to hell, you go to like temporary hell. Yeah. Limbo is different. Oh. Yeah. Limbo is not, purgatory you actually are being My people don't believe in hell. Yeah, I know. Um, in purgatory, you actually are being punished, but it's not eternal. You were the idea is, and no, I don't think any serious Catholics actually believe in purgatory. But this is what it, it, the idea is that you get punished in, until God is like, okay, you've had enough. You can get into heaven now, which doesn't really make any sense. Whereas limbo, which is also not really believed in by um, uh, Catholics anymore, would be the idea of someone like if someone died and was like unbaptized or like never learned about you know their lord and savior jesus christ or whatever limbo is where they would go to just hang out until jesus returns to judge the 
whatever. Is it unpleasant? I think limbo is just like a waiting room. Okay, so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're not I being guess it's physically like, like the like, not knowing. Yeah, I guess. Okay, but th- this is also neither of these things are actually really talked about. Like right, okay. These both these kind. When I was a kid, because I went to public school, but because I was a Catholic in public school, once a week I had to go to religion school essentially um, at the church. I had an evening class once a week through eighth grade that was just you know the class that the kids who went to Catholic school had as part of their class the public school kids who were Catholic went to that and even there concepts of purgatory and limbo were only brought up to say we don't believe in these things okay. <laughs> like you might hear about these things that's not okay. an actual Catholic doctrine anyway it seems Barney I, I'm guessing Barney's not Catholic okay um Okay, should should we move on to funniest? Yes. I only have one, and it's um, the use when they're um, like breaking up with their people. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think Barney says like, oh, no, no. Robin says like, I can't like keep up with this whole. Char- I'm getting sick <laughs> of this whole charade. And Marshall and Lily are like, we're actually sick of charades. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I also only have one, but it's kind of a running joke that lasts the entire episode, which is just everything to do with Ted's hair. That the mm-hmm. whole He takes too long to make The whole premise hair. of the episode is that like Ted's on his way out the door for his date with Stella as soon as he fixes his hair. Yeah. And then Robin, and Barney says, like, oh, good. So that gives us about half an hour. Yeah. Which turns out to be... And then every time he tries to leave, yeah. Barney messes up his hair. And then there's a running joke about Barney have to, like, having to like wipe product off all of the, his hands yeah. after he makes I liked all the business with Ted's hair. Yeah. All right. Make it fashion? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll start with uh, Ted's uh, Ruka wear. <laughs> Did you notice? No. Yeah, he had a Ruka wear t-shirt. He had a Ruka, because I have a Ruka jacket that you make fun of me. You call me like a bro for yeah. wearing a Ruka jacket. But it's yeah. a great, it's a windbreaker and it's great. It's one of my favorite yeah. pieces of outerwear that I no, have. No, it's a good windbreaker. Okay. Um... I'm going to start with, uh, I guess, kind of similar to uh, Rachel in the Friends episode. Lily had a lot of looks in this episode. I don't know if they were all good. Some were cute. But her, I like, I mean, as I'm not normally one to notice a wig. I'm, I've oh, never yeah. been good at yeah. that. Yeah. But like the 2005, the earliest flashback, yeah. Lily with a big red hair, I was like, well, that's clearly a wig. Yes, yes. Uh, but I kind of liked it at the same time. It wasn't bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got more Lily stuff. So to talk about. Lily, I, I th- there was a yellow like baby doll dress that I liked. Okay, um, we only see the top of it, but it, I assumed okay. it was a dress. Well, speaking of only the top, um, in the like main present day thing when they're all hanging out in the apartment, what is Robin's top? It looks She's like underwear, a, a bra. right? Yeah, it's like a bralette. Yeah, <laughs> but it's lacy. Yeah. It's like a bustier. Yeah, it's like a bustier. And yeah. that's, I mean, she has like a jacket over it, but like she's just so, wearing a, she's just wearing underwear. I figured it out. With Robin, <laughs> the costuming, it's unfortunate neckline after unfortunate neckline. They've never figured out a good neckline for Robin. Okay. And it's all bad because of that. Okay. And they try to get creative with like a plunging neckline or like a bra or like a peasant blouse with a sloping neck like it's all bad so what do you think they should do 
put her in something else. <laughs> That's what they keep trying. What what kind of neckline would you propose? Let's do a sweetheart, maybe. A okay. sweetheart neckline. Okay, I could see that. Um, even a scoop neck. Let's try a scoop neck. Yeah. Yeah. A, a scallop. Like the bloop, 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 bloop. I don't like that. Oh, I like that. Um... Okay, yeah, but I, I like the, 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 the sweetheart. That's fun. All right. Um, because she's got, you know, she, I, I'm not... Even a turtleneck. Let's do a turtleneck. The thing is, Robin is tall and has a lot of neck. It could... I feel like a turtleneck could backfire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because Let's... she's very necky. She's not exactly Katrina Balf. You know, from Outlander? Yeah. Who has, like... A, a very long neck, but she kind of she kind of has beautiful. a similar like I think accentuate okay. that neck and also no, I think accentuate it, but I'm saying a turtleneck might accentuate it in the wrong way. If a turtle if you wear a turtleneck and it only comes halfway up the neck, that's just going to look off. Yeah, you know. Okay. But even more important, let's do some hot oil treatments for these these women's hair. Oh, because they're what they're flat, dry, they're dry and, and flat, flat, and yeah. Unfortunate. All right, what else you got for fashion? Because I've got more. That's all. Go okay. Ahead. Um, I'm not going to go through every, every Lily look. She also had like a lacy uh, front thing that was looked like, I don't know, it looked like she was cosplaying as oh, like a maid or something. One? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that was. Um, there's also one where she's wearing a brown leather headband that was pretty uh, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as stuff that I like, uh, Ted has a Miles Davis t-shirt that was cool. Um, the best dresser on this episode and one of the best male dressers of this series so far is Kurt, the Iron oh, Man, the sports even, guy. I didn't even he, notice. He, like, wears a suit well. He's not, like, doing the overly fitted, uh, overly severe thing that Barney does with his suit. That's always my problem with Barney is that, like, I love his philosophy of, like, dress up. You, that's fun, but uh, he always looks tacky to me. Yeah. Whereas Kurt, like, actually looked um, comfortable in his in his suits and especially... His my favorite was his post breakup uh, when he sat on the air and he's wearing a brown suit. He's kind of like doing that like monochrome, not monochrome, but just like what do you call it when is it mono like it's not monochrome because that'd be the same color. But when there's two very similar colors, mm. you know, mm-hmm. so he's got a brown suit and then a similarly brown pullover, okay. which he's wearing under his suit jacket but over his tie and shirt, okay. which is like a casual preppy look that you can look like sophisticated and rugged at the same time and hmm. i feel like okay kurt's the kurt so far is the best fashion plate that i many other has ever had in the male department at least okay uh all right that's it what's on what's under the umbrella um let's see um well there was a a wait for it yeah we got um we discussed the like dumb rules Right, um, yeah. Also, we discussed Robin being like Canadian and no one understanding her references. Right. And then even more upsetting to me is she's a psycho, which is always a theme of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, because Barney thinks that Wendy's a psycho. Yeah. But she's not. She's not. Like, which at least, I guess what going... I'm saying is to the, creds, to the show's credit, at least Ted is like, or maybe she's just being adult about this yeah but barney is the one who can't accept that she's anything other than a psycho yeah um which is of course we also get a reference to barney's awful crazy hot scale mm-hmm. and the lemon law yeah yeah 
And then his just like, she's gullible, I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're a perfect mantra. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Wade Forward. There's a gay joke, of course. Um, of course. I think it's Robin who says that, like, when, when it turns out it wasn't a date, Robin's like, oh, did she see your tattoo and assume you were gay? Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and we talked about being, like, nonlinear. This, this, this is an episode that has, while it's crazy nonlinear, it also has a very strict structure. Mm-hmm. Like, it has four time periods. Mm-hmm. The present, 2007, 2006, 2005, and it cycles through them in that order every time. Yeah. That, that, so that kind of, like, structure is very how I met your mother. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say, <laughs> I know you hate playing the guessing game. Okay. But we are going to meet Stella. Oh, okay. We are going to meet Stella. She is played by an actress you are aware of, although I don't know if you know her by name. You're not looking it up, are you? No. Okay. Um, so what, you want to uh, do some guessing, some questions? I don't know her by name. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This is definitely someone, if you saw her, you would recognize her immediately. But I don't know if you... And you probably know her name. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but she's been on multiple sitcoms in the past. She's a sitcom actress. Uh, comedy? Comedy, yeah, sitcom, yeah. Um. I'm trying to get some more clues. There's an obvious clue, the clue that would give it away. Deborah Messing? Um, younger, blonder. It's um, not Britney Spears. Uh, no. <laughs> she's not on sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, let's see. Blonder... She was on a very long-running, very well-beloved sitcom that you and I didn't watch. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a real giveaway. But um, what you know her from is a sitcom where she replaced the original actress. This is a sitcom you and I like. Where for many years there was one actress playing this character and then she decided not to return and suddenly they had a new actress playing the character. On a sitcom from the 80s into the 90s that you and I both like. (laughs) It's Sarah Chalk, the second Becky from Roseanne. Oh, okay. I thought that last clue would be a a, a giveaway. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, And the other show was Scrubs, of course, that she was on Is it pronounced Chalky? I always thought that you was silent. Isn't that what I said? Sarah Chalk? No, you said Chalky. Didn't you? I said Sarah Chalk, the second Becky. Oh, maybe I just heard... Maybe I did say Sarah Chalky. Yeah. Because I was like saying Becky in my mind. Yeah, or maybe I just heard Becky and thought Chalky. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, that's a little, uh, foreshadowing is one of the things under the umbrella. Yeah. Right? So uh, look forward to Sarah Chalk showing up as uh, the dermatologist Stella. Okay. Um, Similarities and differences? Okay. So um, hookup mistakes. Okay. Right? Yeah, very much. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, well, there was a big one for me that's something that's in every episode of Friends and it was only in this episode of How I Met Your Mother, which is having friends right across the hall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and um, I, you know, How I Met Your Mother has specifically, like, clowned on friends before with, yeah. like, hanging out at a bar is way cooler than hanging out at a, yeah. at a coffee shop. But I do wonder if this was also a little bit of, like, actually, it would suck. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, fooling around in public spaces. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see Chandler in the utility closet, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we did see Barney at the at And Wendy at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, neither episode, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was an absence of fat phobia. In I didn't mark any episodes, yeah, which great... is like snaps. We, I mean, this shouldn't be a shock. Yeah, that's that's how low the bar that's is. How there low were the no bar is. Yeah. like mean spirited fat jokes in, yeah. in in two whole episodes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I didn't, I only wrote it down, wrote it down because you mentioned it. You mentioned um, Chandler and Monica being kind of like sharing a a couch mm-hmm. at the end of the How Many Mother episode when Ted comes back from his non date. He briefly sits on a chair yeah. and then it's like, now nah, I'm going to, and he gets on the couch with yeah. everyone else. Because he's up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. They're, they're good friends. I don't do that with my friends. I don't and I guess, get um, super close with them. Also like drinking is rarely in friends, like drinking alcohol, but it was <laughs> in this true. episode. Yeah. But it also, it always, almost always feels like in friends, if they're drinking, that's going to end up being a plot point. Like with Fun Bobby being mm-hmm. an alcoholic, you know. Yeah. Um, it's rare that that there just is beer in a scene or is... Well, I, th- I, I guess like dinners the, have wine. Dinners have wine and the yeah. boys will have beers when they're like watching okay. TV. Okay. But when there's wine for the girls, it's like after a breakup or yeah. they yeah. need a dish. Well, that's when, you, that's when you drink wine, right? Yeah. After a breakup? Or, or just when you need a dish with your... With your girlfriends. Yeah. Um, all right, let's play favorites. Okay. Three, two, one. How friends. I Met Your Mother. Uh, I just love the like the sisters. Yeah, they're they're very funny, and I think overall, normally my go-to, as much as I like over-intellectualize things, normally my go-to when we're playing favorites is literally just which one did I laugh more at. But this episode, I probably laughed more during Friends. But I think I found Ross too annoying. Yeah. And I found How I Met Your Mother's, like, Byzantine plot structure Mm -hmm. too entertaining. Okay. Yeah. I liked both episodes. Yeah. Um, Just slightly more with Friends. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, move on to my favorite segment to introduce. It's a segment called How Were We Doing? Okay. This is where we look at what was happening in the world on the days these episodes aired. So season three, episode 11 of Friends, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister, aired on Thursday, January 9th, 1997. We're into a new year. That's fun. Mm -hmm. We've never had a 1997 before. Um, uh, On this day, uh, I'm sad that we we didn't get Christmas episodes. Um... We did get a Christmas episode of Friends last week, remember? Oh. Because Joey wanted to That's right. s- spray the fake snow around That's and give right. the place a Christmas looky. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so on this day, January, what did I say? January uh, 9th, 1997, um, Frank Sinatra had a heart attack. He would oh. later die. Yeah. Um, but I think from a different heart attack. Uh, Michael Eisner signs a 10-year contract as chairman of Disney. Mm. And uh, as far as what's on the charts, what's on the top top five songs on the Billboard chart? See, this is fun. I love when there's a Christmas break, when there's a month break between episodes because yeah. we get like get some almost all fresh new stuff. Tunes. Okay. Almost all new stuff. Okay. Um, number five. I hope I'm hoping you know this one because I don't. Okay. Whitney Houston's "I Believe in You and Me." 
Um, I don't know that. Okay. Uh, Key Sweats Nobody at number four. En Vogue's Don't Let Go, Love at number three. Okay. Uh, at number two, this is a song that I absolutely know. Um, doesn't mean I like it. I'm, okay, I'm going to say who this is in a second. But you know whenever someone gets, like, canceled and then people come out of the woodwork to be like, I was never a fan anyway. Like, I never yeah. thought yeah. Aziz Ansari was funny. It's like, fuck you, hey, she did, whatever. Yeah. But I never liked R. Kelly. And I Believe I Can Fly is a particularly embarrassing song it's to me. It's very embarrassing. And that's yeah. at number two. And then number one, still on the charts, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, a song that I quite like. Yeah, it's a good one. Season three, episode 11 of How I Met Your Mother, the platinum rule, aired on Monday, December 10th, 2007. So you know, you're, we might still get a Christmas episode. Okay, okay. December 10th, 2007. On this day in history, um, oh, this is very 2007. Um, former Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick receives a 23-month jail sentence for his involvement in a dogfighting Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Uh, yeah, this was, so this is at the end, I remember because it was earlier, it was like summer of 2007 that the story broke. Yeah. So this is the end of the year that he got, got um, uh, sentenced, but... Uh, yeah, I can't remember what I was. Um, there, there was a lot of talk about, like, obviously running a dogfighting ring is monstrous, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting as Americans what, from professional athletes or celebrities, like, you know, this is ten years pre Me Too, you know, mm-hmm. that like. This, like, Michael Vick will never recover from the dogfighting thing, you know? Whereas pre-Me Too, like, people of note doing awful things to other human beings was seen as somehow more forgivable or less of a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember this coming up on a lot of, like, I guess... Podcast 2007. I was already listening to podcasts. I was mm-hmm. already doing a podcast. You know, I remember listening to the radio, listening to podcasts, and hear this talk. Like Americans really value dogs more than <laughs> some like people they don't know. Like a dog. Like the average American seems to yeah. value the life of a dog he doesn't know, he yeah. or she doesn't know, or they yeah. don't know more than a person they don't know. Yeah. Well, our priorities have always been. Yeah. Way um, off. But I. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. To, Terrible, terrible story, um, and uh, which got referenced on a BoJack Horseman episode that flashed back to 2007 when uh, Mr. Peanut Butter was out of work and he was like listing his options and he was like, uh, "Michael Vick gave me a very troubling offer." <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, hard rock band Led Zeppelin reunited at London's O2 Arena on this day. Okay. As far as the top five songs in the U.S. on December 10, 2007. Um, yeah, a lot of the same. At number five, Colby Calais' Bubbly. At number four, Flo Rida's Low. At number three, Timbaland's Apologize. At number two, Chris Brown's Kiss Kiss. And at number one, Alicia Keys' No One, No One. Yeah. So let's move on to our final segment, which is called Challenge Accepted. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on these, episode, on these shows, uh, armed only with the titles. First, we have to look at what we guessed last week. Um, we're both wrong, by the way. I said 
that the one where Chandler can't remember which sister is. Chandler gets the digits of one of two sexy sibs, but in the cold light of day, can't remember which of the two was taken by his considerable charms. Yeah. Yeah, I was way... I mean... I mean, I guess I, there is a sibling, yeah. but I knew that. That's yeah. in the title. Yeah. Um, and there was a can't remember thing, but I, I don't think I was close enough to, yeah. to, to count. You said the rules, according to Barney, say one ought to sex up others as one would like to be sexed up in return. Good guess, but... Yeah, no. Yeah, it turns out the platinum rule actually has nothing to do with the golden rule because Barney doesn't know what the golden rule is. Yeah. Which I honestly... That's one of those jokes that I, the more I think about it, is very funny. It wasn't funny enough to put me to put on my funniest moments of the... Right, just the idea. But conceptually, yeah. the fact that Barney's whole platinum rule is based on him misunderstanding what the golden rule is, yeah. is actually pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, well, let's make our predictions for next week. First, I think I'm going to need you to vamp just oh, a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, cedar-wrapped barbecue... Cedar Rapids? Salmon. You ever been to Cedar Rapids? Lemon chicken and arugula salad no i haven't have you been to iowa at all no neither have i yeah it's interesting because i grew up in missouri and iowa is one of the eight states that border missouri yeah can you guess what the other seven are (laughs) no you can't (laughs) Um, i could barely do it hold on let's see if i can do it real quick iowa illinois tennessee oh um arkansas Kansas, Oklahoma. Oh, what am I missing? Hmm. Does Kentucky sneak in there somewhere? I saw. I said Iowa, Illinois. Yeah, I can't remember what the other. Maybe Nebraska sneaks up in there at the top. Okay. No, that would be the other side of Kansas, wouldn't it? I don't know. All right, even I can't do it. Um. And I guess back to family. <laughs> no, I, I found it. I found it here. Oh. Um. Season three. Episode 12 of Friends is called The One with All the Jealousy. Well, it seems like, given where things ended with the one where Chandler came out with sister, um, Ross is going to continue to be jealous of Rachel's working relationship with Mark. Right? Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, Ross... Fails to heed Monica's advice and remains a whiny little loser baby about Rachel's totes profesh relationship with Mark. Okay? Okay. Now, season three, episode 12 of How I Met Your Mother. I almost said the one where I met your mother. Um, How I Met Your Mother, season three, episode 12, is called No Tomorrow. No Tomorrow. Okay. Um, Okay, so this is going to be like... um, like, live life or do something as if there's no tomorrow. Like, uh, fly by the seat of your pants, grab the bull by the horns, right? Is that mm-hmm. what people say? Um, so someone is going to live 
like there's no tomorrow. Let's see. Um, I need to narrow it down a little bit. I think that's, we talked last week or two weeks ago about that. The unofficial rule of this is you can't just say one of the characters. You have to guess a character. Okay. I mean, not you. We both do. When we're making our predictions, yes. we have to guess it's going to do a certain character. Yeah. Um, okay. There's going to be some anxiety uh, about a a life change and then Barney is going can I just say Barney is going to try to convince another one of his friends to live okay. as if there's no tomorrow okay <laughs> my predictive test I texted the word or typed the word Barney and uh-huh. it suggested and Ted because <laughs> I've clearly done it so many times yeah so Barney tries to convince a pal to live throw caution. caution to the wind let the chips fall where they may and grab a bowl <laughs> they buy it they may uh, grab a grab the bowl the bull by its horns and Fly carpe. By the seat. <laughs> I'm just gonna carpe diem. Carpe diem. God damn. Diem. Like there's no tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember? Did you ever see the movie Dodgeball? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how Ben Stiller's character has a giant painting in his office of himself? wrestling a bull to the ground by the horns. Yeah. And he says, like, and when Christine Taylor, whom we saw at a restaurant once. Yeah, um, is Yeah. Uh, uh, is there, he's like, it's a metaphor for how I live my life. It really happened, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it. We did season three, episode 11. We did 311, right? We were down. We did, yeah. 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 And now it's trapped in amber. Yeah. Those are the two three songs I can remember. Yeah, you're good with that second one. I just know down. Um, you know what? Amber is the color oh. of your energy. Yes, 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 yes. I was trying to forget that. <laughs> it's a better song than down, if, if I had to uh, to, to say. Um, no. But I never liked 311. I, um, uh, they were so big in my high school. They were huge. Yeah. I, I, I never. In my high school, too. Never liked them. No. Um, even though they seemed like they were so, because cl- I was into like, you know, like third wave ska, and I was into stuff like Fishbone or whatever, and they seem like they're so close, but like it was almost like the Uncanny Valley by yeah. being like so close to stuff that I liked. I made it made me hate it more. I admittedly uh, liked Sublime and still do. And yeah, it's, you're, there's you're no a big shame. person to admit that. There's no shame in that. Yeah. It's a great band. Okay, <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty shameful. Uh, no, no shame here. Uh, cultural appropriation out the wazoo. There's some of that, yeah. Uh, with, but with, I'm gonna, with that band. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> and I'm going to admit it. Uh, did uh, I have anything else wait, to say about 311? Listeners, let us know your most shameful band that you love. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So what? So is, is Sublime yours? Yeah. What's my most shameful band that I love? I know what it is. You have a lot of them. <laughs> okay. Not counting metal, because you don't okay. like any of the metal. <laughs> that, and that's not true. You've liked some, like, yeah. like post-black metal atmosphere, black metal, and you've liked some, like, stoner doom yes. metal that has, yeah. like, a slow groove I like to the, it. like, shoegazy. 
Yes, you like like Death Heaven yeah. and um, that uh, that realm. But so outside, of, setting aside metal, because there's okay. also like I go to bat for like early Slipknot as well. But okay. I'm not ashamed at all of that. Okay, I'm not ashamed of anything that I like. Okay, but I think the band that I most get like expect to get side eye for, and you don't like this band at all, Counting Crows. I don't hate. I you mean, hate no the one, crows. no one hates the Counting Crows. It's like no one could hate Coldplay. They're just like. Yeah background yeah they just I, don't matter i think that last Coldplay album i actually did hate but yeah I, i've always generally i've always kind of stood up for Coldplay because they're just like you know continuing the tradition of like you too you know sure it's like music you can listen to with your mom but it's also like music that you drop 130 dollars on a ticket for because they only play arenas or whatever you know right. what i mean it's yeah. like uh if if like if you were going to go to a concert with your coworkers, <laughs> it'd sure. be like you two or Coldplay. And then my further, like continuing this line of thought, my further sort of like stoking of, uh, uh, controversies that I've always said that arcade fire should be included. Oh, Ar- no. Arcade fire is I, not I like any, them. I like arcade. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I like arcade fire. Yeah. But, but if I you wouldn't think put, you, I wouldn't put arcade fire with Coldplay. That's what I'm saying. If you like Arcade yeah. Fire and you think you're too cool for Coldplay, you're kidding yourself. Because they're okay. they're in this the could, same this spectrum. Is, like we could go on. This could be a <laughs> podcast unto itself. But uh, oh, I have another one. I just thought of Corn. Corn is another like. And I, I like, don't like Corn. I like Corn. Yeah, but also um, very problematic. If you live, like the uh, oh, yeah. Children of the Corn has so many like uh, like just full on homophobic. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I haven't revisited. I and I just when I say I like them, I just like the radio friendly hits that I think yeah. are fun. But um yeah, listeners, let us know. Yeah. Give us your most shameful band. And I, if you don't want it, us to share it, we won't, but we also will. I hope we we get to. Yeah. Um I love hearing uh, stories though about cuz you and I okay, we've talked we've talked about death uh, or or new metal before and how I think you said, this is another disagreement, I think, you said Deftones are the best new metal band. I said Deftones don't count as new metal, so you can't say Slipknot's the best new metal band because Deftones don't count. If Deftones counted as new metal, yeah, a thousand percent. Just okay. running away with it. They're, the Deftones are so much better than any of the new metal bands. But I love reading the stories that Chino and, and the Deftones have told about touring with Korn because they're like... We have we do not fit. <laughs> like yeah, this is not this is our a different scene uh, entirely. It, but yeah. it, it's sort of like Deftones were just this kind of like post hardcore shoegaze band that came across came along at exactly the right time to tap into the new metal thing and like but rode that wave like a little bit. Iconography and like artwork and like al- like I feel like it has that conceptual feel of a new metal band. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Um but uh I but Unlike most of it, any other death metal, death metal, not death metal, uh, new metal band, Deftones continue to be interesting. Like, hmm. like twenty years later, Deftones are still making music that is that is worth listening to. Oh yeah, I remember we got into like an early argument, like a real argument about like you would rather see Deftones and the Smiths all together. It was the Cure because they actually it was the toured cure. together. Yes, and I was it. saying yes, yes, in yes. the year of our Lord twenty fifteen or whatever that was. Yeah. I'm more interested in seeing Deftones because yeah. they're like still interesting and vital and not just like a nostalgia act. A legacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was a <laughs> argument that will like, but if you're saying which band would you rather see at its peak, the cure, obviously. Right. But 
in the 21st century, it's probably not the cure. They haven't even put out new music at all in 15, 20 years. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, we're, I, I love that we're, like, we've wrapped up and we're going way over. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find uh, this podcast uh, where you always find podcasts, where you found it. You can, um, uh, but you can also find posts for every episode at battleshippretension.com. Um, that's where you can also find my other podcast, Battleship Pretension, where I talk about movies and all my movie reviews and stuff are there. Um, and we have a, a Comic-Con preview episode. We'll have a Comic-Con wrap-up episode when Comic-Con is over. Uh, hopefully I won't have COVID when I'm doing that episode. But um, uh, you can also email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. You can uh, follow me, David, on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Uh, now, then remind me, where do you want people to find you on the Internet? Uh, I don't want people to find me on the internet, but I do want people to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mothers, you know, go ahead and give us, um, a five star. It's so easy. And you could do it every time you open the app. Just give us a, yeah, give, give us, us a, a rating. You don't even have to say anything. Just, um, it helps other people find our podcast. It does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, until next time, we'll see you at Mannequins Plus. Yeah. <laughs>